Hey guys, welcome back to the Podcasters Podcast. Me and Kane today are going to talk about how to be a good podcast host. Yep, something you could learn here, I reckon. <laughs> we are awful hosts, considering we run a podcast agency. We are not very good as hosts. Yeah, but it's us. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? It's <laughs> with guests. So there's a few things that you need to consider. These are all mistakes that most podcasters make, including myself, right? So number one starts with checking your equipment and checking recordings and everything, triple checking, having backups. So I've recorded episodes with guests. It's been fantastic content. And even live in my headphones, which we recommend wear headphones, sounds fine. Sounds spot on. But back on the recording, awful audio, don't know what's happening, maybe something wrong with one of the cables, or maybe it's the Zoom recordings corrupted in somehow, but it's just a mess. And the which most times rather, that's super rare that you don't hear it in your headphones. If you can't hear it in your headphones, then it doesn't you're not a bad host, right? If eventually if you listen to the recording and it's fine. But exactly, it's not your fault. But if you're not wearing headphones, you're not double-checking and triple-checking your equipment before your guest arrives, then checking there so if they, you know, arrive in person or you are doing a Zoom, do a bit of a check, make sure it sounds good, they sound good, you sound good, you know, you're well-connected to the internet, you know, normally plugged in with an Ethernet if you can. So you can check if these things are going to go right or not because how irritating if you get a great guest or your great guest has given up their precious time to come on your show, you haven't checked the equipment and now you're messing them around halfway through because, you know, the internet's not great and you could have plugged in, but you didn't. Or microphones don't sound great or you're getting some sort of feedback and it's midway through the conversation, they've lost their flow and now they're just like fucking irritated, right? It's uh, it's annoying. They probably have a limited amount of time and they're gracious, graciously giving it to you, but you're wasting their time. So don't do that. Double check, triple check your equipment, have backups, have spares, make it as smooth as possible. Check it before they arrive. So when they come down, it's a quick check. Cool. Good. Let's roll and let's start recording. It's and important. make sure you click start because that's so common. I know many, many people in our community have said it before. I've nearly had it where you click start or no, you, you go and then you went, oh, hold on. I'm not recording. Have to restart. That's what I've done. But I know a lot of people have gone all the way through it be like, oh, what a great interview, and then realise they weren't recording. Don't be that guy or girl. I'm super irritating. So what I normally do, so if I'm doing an interview, so we use uh, a P4, PodTrack P4, um, and it does have this tendency for the SD card to mess up and kind of corrupt. So you have to, or at least what we found is you press record, give it 20 seconds. Sometimes there's an SD write error. If that comes up, then take it out, use a different one, whatever. If it doesn't do that, then cool, just end that one and then start a new one. So I normally do that, test it, test my mic, use my headphones, make sure my internet's fine before my guest joins the Zoom. But I'm recording on that immediately. So even if I'm not recording on the Zoom, you can turn, you know, hit record on the Zoom. Do record on both just in case you have an internet error, which will then corrupt your Zoom recording. Or if you have an SD card error or hardware error, on the P4, then at least you've got the Zoom recording. So you're covering both bases. Because also, if your guest is coming on your show, they're giving up their time, maybe they want to promote something, and then you don't upload it because the interview's been corrupted, right? Or it's not gone. That's They're not going to be too pleased with that either. So check these things. 
So yeah, I do a quick check on the P4 and then I just hit record straight away. So they could be there five minutes later, 10 minutes later. It doesn't matter. You know, you get a 16 gig memory card, SD card. It's fine. It's not like you're going to run out of storage. And then at least, you know, as soon as they come on, all of the preambles recorded, you might be able to use some of that potentially. And I've mentioned on previous episodes that I kind of like to sneak people into the interview and I just ask them questions about their day and stuff like that. And then gradually just start asking them questions. And then before they know it, we're already in it. But because I didn't have the really awkward, okay, we're about to hit record now. Is that okay? Yeah, action. Great. And then they like sort of sit up and get all buttoned up in PR ready. Um, So hit record early on. And so I think that's number one tip is make sure equipment's working, tested, not on their time, but on yours. Big time. Number two is sharp. Just just shut up and like like people if you're doing an interview based show, even if you do a hybrid, I know we do more of this format of content more than ever compared to interviews, but we're still a hybrid show, still do interviews. Really, if you're interviewing someone for like an hour, you should probably be asking like ten questions, right? You shouldn't be speaking much. And your audience might come for you. They like your solo content. But if you're doing an interview, they people only care about your guest at that time. So shut up right it's just and ask a question be quiet let your aunt your guest answer it and what you'll normally find and this is what i teach people on our three-day training when we're doing the interview technique side of things is when they answer your question kind of count a few seconds in your head because one a couple of seconds two three seconds feels like an eternity to most people and most people will fill the silence. So that's actually where you get the best content out of your guest is when you ask them a question, they answer it. You can't just look, nod, one, two. They will fill that silence, which is normally where the better, like they'll be more upfront, more honest because they're just, they haven't got the pre-planned answer. They're just talking off the top because they want to fill that silence. So that's where your best content comes from. It stops you accidentally interrupting them because if you always wait a second for them to finish and then you talk, you're not going to cut them up, which is really important, especially on virtual interviews because you do get a bit of a lag sometimes. And at the end of the day, on the edit, you can just shorten that gap. I could sit here for 10 seconds. The audience wouldn't know because the editor would just cut that out and put it back closer together. So it sounds like a natural conversation. So give room for your audience or for your guest to speak is probably number two for me. An expansion on that is when you do speak again, rather than just having a list of questions and move on to the next question, dig deeper. Stephen Barlett does it well because all of his guests cry. So if you ask someone, you should have maybe, rather than questions, obviously people plan, but I'd say to have talking points, maybe four or five. I don't like to be completely unprepared and then struggling with content. And I don't like to be the opposite where it sounds like a BBC interview. So if you have a few points and then you can talk about that point, approach it as a question, however you like, and then expand deeper into it, which is why active listening is vital. I made the mistake, not the mistake, but when I first started interviewing people, I was very much like, right, this is my next question. Thinking about my next question, I'm not listening to what they're telling me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm not actually listening to the content um, you're giving me. But then if you take a step back and be like, this is a conversation and you actually take the the, um the content in, you can then make a better question usually in, in response, which is why I don't write questions down, I'll just write topics down. So I have an idea and if someone asks me, that's what I'll say. I'll be like, look, we want to talk a bit about this, this and this and just see where it takes us. 
And then you can just expand on questions and make one question last as long as you can, can without going way off piece. Well, when you interview people that you truly want to interview as well, that becomes easier. Because if there's somebody that I really like, admire, or I'd be like, ah, oh, I really wish I could pick their brains. And I've had some interviews like that. I don't plan any questions at all. So for example, that one that we've recently done with Paul Shepard. So anybody who's suffering with imposter syndrome, you know, they've got something blocking them when it comes to content that's stopping them getting out there and pushing it. Listen to that episode, it's fantastic. But I was really intrigued listening to him. I wanted to speak to him because of how many kind of objections we get when speaking to creators. Like, oh, you know, I feel like I'm not good enough. Who's going to listen to me? There's not an audience out there for me. There's various things blocking them. Procrastination, you know, spinning too many plates. There's lots of these mental barriers that stop people really sitting down, recording and launching their podcast. And because I know he talks about all of these things on his podcast, I didn't have to pre-plan questions because when I was speaking to him, I was like, I've got a ton of things I want to ask you, right? Already sort of bubbling away in my head. And then every time I said something, it's like, oh, that's just opened up this new rabbit hole in my mind. Let, let's talk about that. Let's go down that rabbit hole and really, you know, figure that out. Why do people do that? How can people overcome that? And you're right. The content is so much better that way when you're not planning questions. And what I did do for that episode, like you said, is I had sort of talking points. So I, I just had on my notes on my laptop, um, like spinning too many plates. What do I do if I can't concentrate on one thing? procrastination, active procrastination, imposter syndrome. I just wanted him to talk about these things because these are things I hear a lot from other people, but I kind of just let him talk about them openly. But because I, I didn't really know. It wasn't like you had questions here. It was just talking points, which exactly. is the same approach I've, and like I prefer to take two because you can, I feel like you can tell when someone has questions written down and you can tell when someone's done zero prep. So I feel like it's actually quite clear in that sense. I mean, we've done next to zero prep for this episode. We sat down and went, what's in our group? How to be a good host? Right, let's go. And But then we know that within starting this conversation, we're going to have loads of topics to bring up, but we haven't got loads of questions down to ask each other or loads of points to cover. We just know we're going to talk about how to be a good host and we both know about it. So Yeah, 100%. Do you know what we will start doing? We're going to start live streaming these podcast episodes. So we've got a Facebook group called Get Paid for Podcasting. It's a free group. Join it. Um, and we're going to start live streaming these because some people think it takes a lot more effort to launch their podcast. And really, we sat down in the studio two minutes ago. You are not lying. Like We just literally sat down. What have we got this week? Cool, let's roll. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon 30 seconds before we click start, you were still looking at golf clubs on your phone. Yeah. If okay. anyone has any recommendations, game, please. <laughs> get in touch with Kane. <laughs> so here's number three for me is kind of become the Churchill dog like nodding nodding I'm good at that yeah exactly yeah Kane you're so smart yes I pretend I'm listening so handsome <laughs> yeah so with audio there's this habit that people have that most people don't know which is very 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 normal in a regular conversation when it's you and someone else but when someone's listening to that conversation it's like really irritating it's the constant, mm-hmm, yeah, definitely, I, I agree, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So jarring to listen it. to. <laughs> but you know, occasionally, it's okay. Yeah, you just don't want to do it after every sentence. But especially when you're doing a video podcast, but it, whether you're on Zoom or you're in front of them, nod, smile, facial expressions, fine, and the occasional, yeah, okay, or um, you might interject with a quick point or something, 
but do try and limit. And if you think, oh, I don't do this, 100% listen back to yourself first, just to double check. Because until you listen back to it, you don't know how bad it is. But most podcasters are really bad at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, definitely. Yeah. I think actually I do that quite a bit, to be fair. Maybe that's something I need to listen back to on our episodes. But none of us are perfect. But it, it is one of those things that subconscious from years of talking to people, right? So you don't, I, you know, even now, I probably still do it more than I should. But listening back definitely opens your eyes. You go, God, I'm so irritated. <laughs> and then you can't stop. Now, going forward, everyone listen to this. We're just constantly here every uh-huh that we do. <laughs> so try and limit yourself on that. So then the experience is a bit better. And this is particularly important with virtual interviews. Because when you talk on Zoom, it will use software to try and mute the other person temporarily until they talk. But if you're quite loud and go, uh-huh, really close to the mic, it can sort of block theirs out and they can be mid-conversation and it kind of breaks up like that because over the top it goes, you go, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so it's a um, good habit to form to keep that to a minimum. Yeah, fair point. It is, it's hard almost to think about the listener when you're recording. That is definitely a difficult thing to think, how's this going to sound? especially after, like you said, everyone does that in general conversation. It's one of those little tweaks, I guess, after thinking about it a lot, it will become natural then to just not talk when the other person's talking. And something that obviously takes practice. We're, we're for it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I hate you. <laughs> um, oh, I've completely forgotten my point now. Wow, thanks. Oh, that's such a terrible host. <laughs> See? <laughs> oh, we weren't lying at the start, were we? No. Those are three main points. Are there any others that you think are like vitally important that people check? Here's one, if you don't mind, um, because I've just thought about it, is make sure you're repurposing content for the guest because if they're giving up their time again, so, you know, common theme, think of your guest, think of your audience when doing it because really that's what it's about. Create them some sort of asset or content. One, so they're more likely to promote it, which is a benefit to you. But also, if you do a clip where they physically look right, so it could be a headliner clip where you get an image of them with an audio file on top. Use Headliner as the website to do that if you want to. Find an image where they physically look good because then they're going to want to share that. Or if it's a video clip, get a bit where they say something funny, insightful, something that is a standalone piece of content for them to use where they look good in some fashion, either physically or they sound good, whatever. And then give them those resources so that they can start, they've got content to push out, which doesn't necessarily always have to link back to you. I don't think, and I've seen some people moan at um, guests when guests share clips of the podcast, but they don't credit them or stuff like this. All right, fine, they should credit you sometimes, but maybe you give them a few clips that they continue to post. That's why you have a branded background like we have. So if somebody doesn't credit you, then it doesn't matter. But give them some clips with no expectation of anything in return. It's, you gave me your time as a guest. I appreciate it. Here are some clips or some images where you look great to fill your social media content. Or I can give you some video, slightly longer video clips to put on your YouTube. So obviously we interviewed Pradeep. This is one of his biggest strategies for his brand is go on a podcast, take clips, post them. That's helped him massively grow his podcast, uh, his LinkedIn following, sorry. So... Give them something in return that they can then use. Yeah, a, a point on that to expand is, so I've done this, 
when you record the interview, so this is a little bit less like, I'll oh, do what you want with it. But when you recorded the interview, I will ask them as soon as it stopped, say, hey, would you mind posting one of these clips to, I'll get clips, would you mind posting it to help promote the podcast and whatever. If you ask someone while they're there with you and they say no, they're brutal because most people will just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's something they've almost got, oh, I've got to post a clip. Um, and the other thing is, I'll try again, keep going back, hold on. Oh, the other thing is, make sure they don't just share your post. So forever, people, and they do it to me and it annoys me, I'll say, can you post a clip for me? They'll be like, yeah, sure. I'll send them the clips. I'll post my post and they'll just share mine. That, especially on LinkedIn, I think most platforms actually, when you share something, it never gets the same reach as if you post it yourself. So I've noticed when that happens, when someone shares the clip I post of them on the podcast, it never goes as well unless they post it themselves. So try and get them to actually post it themselves rather than them just sharing your clip, which has them in it, because it will get much better reach. Yeah, that's a good tip. I think my final piece of advice is really important is try and become friends with everyone you've interviewed, right? So if you want to send them those clips and make it really easy for them to post themselves, I recommend WhatsApp because straight from WhatsApp, I can long hold it and I can upload to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, right? You can just, you can, it's easily shared and it saves to their camera roll. So then it's, it's on their, their phone, which is way better than I can email because then I'm on my laptop. Then what am I downloading a WeTransfer link? I'm not doing that. I, I wouldn't do that. Send it to me. But then you've got their number, which means you can send them other things. Oh, I was just thinking of you. So I'll send them weird pictures of animals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's just like a random gif on like a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, dancing elephants. <laughs> so there you go. But anything that you see that's related to them, any conversations you can have, you can send it to them. Build that relationship. So Ellie Mackay from the On A Mission podcast, this is awesome. I don't recommend everyone necessarily does this because she must spend a lot of money on it. But she'll send them like a personalized bottle of it's either uh, champagne or wine or something like that. But it's in this like beautiful casing, really like aesthetic, looks like proper plush, really nice. And that's going to go a long way to them sharing the clips because, you know, law of reciprocity, all of that. I give you a lovely gift. You come on the show, you share the stuff. Maybe the show does really well. You want them to come on again. So when you ask them, you know, you're now friends, you're communicating you back and forth. Could that open up business relationships? Could they, or might they be more open to sharing their sort of black book of contacts with you for other people for you to interview? So become friends with them. See why that relationship could develop. You could genuinely become good friends, which I know I've, some of our hosts that we work with have found their business partners this way. It's people they've interviewed or clients or who knows what that could lead to. So really spend some time nurturing that relationship because after all, you spent a few hours shooting the shit and bonding. You might as well put a little bit more effort in and build like a real connection there. Yeah, absolutely. And for any of you out there who think this sounds daunting, just remember your first episode is never as good as your hundredth. Just get going. And I'm sure over time you'll pick up little bits and bobs to make yourself sound better as an interviewer. Cheers, Gandhi. Anyway, that is... <laughs> <laughs> Do you put that on like a mantelpiece somewhere? I'm going to put that in my office. I came up with that myself. <laughs> well done, mate. Um, listen, yeah, so join the Facebook group, Get Paid for Podcasting. It's free. There's a couple of thousand members in there for you to collaborate with, other people for you to interview and vice versa. But we think we're probably going to start live streaming these in there just so you can see what it really looks like behind the scenes when we do this. 
and hopefully gives you a bit of a boost in confidence that it's not that daunting after all. So anyway, thank you for listening and we'll see everyone next time. See Adios. you later. Thank you.